0: I was like, let me buy turntables. Let me buy a mixer. I knew I wanted Techniques 1200s no matter what. Um, yep. You know, that's always been the standard. Standard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the next thing I knew I wanted was a Vestax PMC. So actually, check this out. I ended up buying one recently. Okay. Because I, I wanted to get back into scratching. Five, yo, yeah. you taking it back, boy. <laughs> it back, that's so crazy because yo, when when I like first got into DJing and like when I actually you know, I would see YouTube videos, I'm like, yo, I gotta get that mixer. But I never ever got that mixer though. But that yo, that's the that's the ideal scratch the originated mixer right it there. Is. Very underrated. Yeah, really yo. Underrated. Oh, that's that's fire. How much did you get that for if you mind me at you don't mind me uh, recently? um i probably got it for about like i think like 80 to 90 bucks wow okay yeah and wow. i i got the i got the um the 06 because the one i got when i was younger was the 05 okay. um i don't know why i got the 05 because it had like a microphone thing but i've never done the microphone stuff so i just figured get the 06 because it's just the basics you know i just need side one side two fader and that's it that's it um so it was know, like why? yeah i guess once i got that it was just a matter of just like learning it so i used to just spend summers literally like locking myself into a room, making beats, spending time beat juggling and things like that. Cause I had learned about scratching and DMC and what all that stuff meant. And I remember like seeing videos of people like Rob Swift, hearing them on the radio too, and just trying to figure out what the, you know, what they were doing. (laughs) How does somebody, how does somebody make these sounds with a piece of wax? Absolutely. Um, So yeah, I spent a lot of time doing that um i really think like probably the huge turning point in terms of like i wouldn't say losing the love but wanting to to transition to something new was um my favorite producer jay dilla had passed Mm, okay that to me was like a huge shock to my system because that was what i like to me that was a dream of like working for like okay the goal now is to just get in the studio with this guy or let him hear your music somehow just let him know what what that music, you know, hearing Tribe Called Quest, hearing Far Side, hearing you know Busta Rhyme stuff, and I remember just being young and looking at the credits of just like this guy is, he's he's inhuman. So it's yeah. like the fact that this music can bring you closer to somebody like that was always, I think, an aspiration of mine. Um, so at that same time, I I don't know, you know, whatever you believe in, or the person above, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It works in mysterious ways. I had a friend that got signed with an artist who was a New York City legend uh, in house music. I know you're talking about. Okay, yeah, <laughs> dope, okay. Man. dope man. I know you're yep. talking about.
1: Him. Yeah. Yep. So me,
0: yeah, he, um, he was working with Kenny, and then I think we were go- we were going to some party. I forgot what party it was, but because it was somebody he had met in Kenny Dope's studio. Mm, okay. And. It was these 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 two young kids at the time. If anyone has ever heard of the Martinez brothers, yep. this is the Martinez brothers were like just starting out, and um, I had heard of them like just in the rumblings of just learning about this new world and things like that. And we we went to go check them out, and then we ended up just linking up with them at the end of the show. And I remember um, talking to Christian, who was the younger brother, and I forgot what record I mentioned. And he, the first thing he was like, "How do you know that?" And I was like, oh, you know, I have that record and I know Dilla sampled it on this. and Because this, this kid was like probably like 15 at the time and I'm, you know, getting closer to 20 years old. And he just, his encyclopedia of, of music was just out of this world. And for him to know this obscure reference of like this progressive rock record, just we had a connection right away. Yeah. The friend he was with, who ended up being my label partner now, um, I found out he lived in my town so at the end of the night, you know, they go to, you know, because they're, they're still young kids. So their parents are taking them home to go upstate. And then me and, you know, this new friend I made, you know, he lives in Weehawken. I live in Union City. And then the next day he's like, yo, you know, um, since we definitely have like similar records, like, would you mind just playing records? Because he didn't have a setup at the time. Mm. And I, think I was just I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, you don't want to come back from class? Come over to my place and we'll jam out. And honestly, that turned into, you know, like 13, you know, 12, 13 hour sessions easily. Just sharing music, sharing ideas, sharing mixes and things like that. Um, And I was just like, it was a huge jump into electronic music and just sort of learning um, more and more about what that world looked like, because he had been touring with Kenny before he was friends with the martinez brothers mm. i think in the early 90s like mid 90s when like kenny was at his apex i mean kenny's still a force now but at that time it was like when kenny was getting you know when you know guys were making like five figures for like a janet jackson remix you know for a remix that you don't hear on the radio, you radio know, yeah loves, <laughs> you know <laughs> oh. so um yeah you know we really hit it off um and i think just we we both decided since we were both moving in the same direction just to continue to you know number one the friendship was more than anything i could have asked for you know i i think musically um it's important to have not only people that you do you connect and identify with but people that you also share like similar values because um especially with dance music i feel like dance music can get very personal with the way you're presenting yourself um because there's not an emphasis on sort of like I mean yeah you can be like a top like 40 EDM DJ sure there's people that are like that but as far as the underground thing like you're spending a lot of time trying to look for the music that you identify with that you think works on the dance floor so there's a lot of like being vulnerable in that because sometimes you hear a record and you know there could be a part in a part or two in there that you're not you don't know how feeling. it's going to go over. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. And then you have that moment where it's like, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? And it's like, let's say it bombs you. Know, it ruins the whole night. Like it can really defeat you. Um. So with that in mind, it was like, you know, I felt like I had met a brother more than anything else. And, you know, we started to, I guess, more tackle the New York City underground. I think the first party we played indiv- at individual times Uh, Tony Touch had a party on Sunday Mm -hmm. in the the old uh, funk box in the yeah yeah (laughs) I never (laughs) seen the videos I always wanted to go I never went but I'm like yo
1: yeah it was it was definitely
0: definitely a lot of fun so my first funk box actually um I thought I would I you know I forgot who who played after me but there was this whole thing of like you know they put me on because they, they thought it was going to be a slow night mm, Okay. I to the scene like let's see how he does and um that night it apparently rained really bad so it was like like a pipe had burst with water over the dj booth right before anything started i'm already freaking out i'm like okay. this is not gonna go over so well like